the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we're going to hear part two of this message in the series on a church for real life. As sometimes we get too caught up in the routine of church, services and events and serving, songs, holidays, that we forget our mission. None of these things are necessarily bad things, but are pointless if we lose our purpose and why we are here. What is God's vision for the church, a church for real life? Keep it right here. It's time for Radio for Real Life. You know, it's funny, when you hear people who, after a few weeks, you get to know them, you've had some laughs together, you start to like them, they're, they're not just strangers, this isn't a survey, these are people who are becoming friends, and um, God's nudging my heart, saying, these people want to know about me, and they don't think they can find out about me at my church. What are you going to do about that? And so, I, I'm having, and, and there, it really was, it was this moment where I, I muddled through the rest of the lesson, you know, just... But, but I'll tell you, some serious prayer started when I got in my car. Those folks had woken me up. So I actually went back. I was praying and went back to my own youth ministry. And we got an opportunity to move it to the local high school. I just felt like, you know, we were in a place where our church was in an area and it was such a thing that it was kind of a barrier to, to kids who didn't know Christ coming and being part. So we were going to move to high school. Everybody said, you can't do that in Southern California. No way anybody will let you do that. So I went to the principal of the high school. I said, I want to rent a room. It's only 40 bucks a week to rent a room big enough for what we wanted to do. You know, pretty good size hall. So it's great. We can afford that. Um, <clears throat> I want to have youth meeting here. And she's like, okay, tell me about that. And I told her a little bit. I said, well, you can't, we can't allow worship. You can't have a worship service here. I said, okay. And I, said, I said, can I teach the Bible? She said, oh, yeah, that, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. I said, can we sing Christian songs? She said, oh, yeah, that's not a problem. Cool. Well, I, I, I won't do any of that worship, so no W word here. But I am going to teach the Bible, and I'm going to sing Christian songs, and goof off and have fun with a bunch of kids. Is that cool? Oh, yeah, sure, great, no problem. True story. I think, I think the principal was a believer who had to be very, very careful and was just trying to, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's, right? Well, I went back to our leadership and said, good news. This is something that, that opportunity, and a uh, very cool response. Group of parents wanted to meet with me over it. Well, we're worried about the church kids. Are you forgetting them? Are you going to leave them behind? I'm like, no, this is the best thing in the world for them. They're going to be, your kids are going to be on fire. Uh, basically, the leadership said, no, we don't want you to do this. We don't feel like this would be the right thing. And not long after that, um, I left that church. What we were going to call that youth ministry, what we were going to call that thing, we are going to change the name and just call it real life. Because this passage of scripture is something that God had just been stirring on my heart. It's going to be called real life. So... I left that ministry and started a ministry called Real Life Ministries. And basically, that was stationary in my spare bedroom. <laughs> you know, you can start a ministry anytime you want. Any of y'all can, but that doesn't mean anything, right? You know? 
So it was stationary in our spare bedroom, but I, I had recorded an album, um, and so people would invite me to come and do music concerts or lead worship at events, and some people heard some of the things that I was talking about, and they invited me to come speak, and so that's really where Real Life Ministries came from. Moved back here, get involved with some great folks. Uh, through Youth for Christ, met Willie and Rachel Mayfield, through a church that I, I helped out leading worship, I met Joe and Debbie Williman, uh, Bruce and Deborah Witter, just another small group of folks that started meeting in my home. We were doing, I had a band doing music ministry, we started doing inner city ministry, and this little group with that, again, we weren't, re- we weren't saying we're going to start a church at all. We were just meeting together for prayer and encouragement. And all of a sudden, as we were praying one time, we realized, oh, this is it. This is that church that God was talking to me about back at that Bible study in L.A., this little group. And we all kind of had that sense. (laughs) Well, God loves small beginnings, doesn't he? Because it was pretty small. It was in a living room. And it was then that we said, okay, we're going to be a church for real life. And God walked us through some of the things that that meant. You see, as I walked through that, I thought a lot about what allowed us to get there. Because I did, I mean... There, there are some churches that just don't even believe in Jesus. They don't believe in the Bible. I understand that. That's not what we're talking about. Because I knew some great, seemingly great churches, but they totally had this stiff arm, and they weren't connecting with people. Something was wrong. And I think it was simply that we forgot who we are. We forgot what we represent. It felt like we forgot fundamentally that we're Jesus people. At the core, that's what we are. That's all we are. We're Jesus people. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. A church for real life is all about Jesus. At the core, the most important foundational thing God was teaching me was that a church for real life is all about Jesus because it's his heart. He's the one who... Said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Give it to you to the fullest. He's the gate, the good shepherd. That's who he is. This is all about his name, his mission, his calling, his spirit, his unbelievable love for people, people who aren't here yet. You know, just because we're here, Jesus isn't done. I get crazy when people ask me that question. They ask a question about the church. Well, how big is big enough? Because we like it like it is now, and we don't really want it to get any bigger. And I'm like, you do understand how selfish that sounds, right? Now that you're in, close the doors. <laughs> it's fundamental what we're saying, right? I'm in, it's a size I like, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, all those people out there, mm, yeah, no. I mean, they don't mean that, they're not actually saying that. And they have some legitimate kind of beefs and worries about large megachurches, and I get it, I understand that. Just understand, um, the problem is not the size of the churches. The problem is the hearts of the leaders. Because there's little tiny churches that are really ungodly. Okay? And there's really big churches that can be really ungodly. And it's not because of God. It's because we leaders start doing our own thing instead of doing his thing. Because fundamentally, a church for real life is all about Jesus. He has a love, a passion. He has a plan for this community, for our region. And that's what we're about. Now, a church for real life. Three words there real, real, that, are, that are significant. Church, real life. In fact, that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes here. I think they gave us a picture of what a church for real life is. Church, real, and life. And I want to, I want to talk about them because they tell about who and what we are, but I want to address them in reverse order, if I can. Okay? So, first of all, church for real life is... 
Okay, a church for real life is a place to find life. That may seem kind of obvious, but at our core, we can never forget that. A church for real life is a place to find life because that's what Jesus said. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13, 14. He said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. We've got to decide if we believe that because that is a very scary and sobering statement. Because see, I think you and I would be honest and all of us and everybody we know, at their core, they're looking for life. They're looking for real life. Life, aren't they? I mean, they want to find joy in life. They want to find peace. They want a sense of purpose and meaning. They want love. They want life. Everyone's looking, and if what Jesus says is true, which I totally believe it is, very few find it. And that means right now, of the people we know out there, and our neighbors, our coworkers, our families, every one of them's looking. For life, something real, something authentic, something deep, something eternal, something lasting. And very few are finding it because life is found in Jesus. That's what he said. Romans 6, 20 through 23, he said, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. You were unhindered by righteousness. What benefits did you reap at that time from the things you're now ashamed of? He's saying, think back to the things that you were seeking, the things that had a hold on you. What benefit did you glean or did you reap from them? He said those things result in death. Here's the thing, folks. So many things in life promise that they're going to give you abundant life, real life. But then they don't deliver. Every one of us has probably been through that. Things that we sought, things that we thought, oh, this is going to be it. When I do this, then it'll be perfect. When I do this, then everything in my heart will just work out. And then it didn't. I'll tell you, that's one of the Big benefits of having grown up playing polo and around polo players and the polo community. Some of the wealthiest and most powerful people in the world. And we knew them well. We knew them on a first name basis. And what's interesting is we look at those people and we read about them. We think they have got it. They've got everything the world wants. They do. They have wealth. They have total freedom to do whatever the heck they want. People just all over the place, falling all over themselves to be in their favor. People lining up to be their friend. And so it seems like they have everything that should lead to life. And yet I got to see them on a personal level. I got to see them at parties. I got to see them with their families. And so many of those folks were a train wreck. And you're like, man, you have everything in the world. What's going on? I remember one of the corporate heads of one of the larger corporations in the Chicago area where I grew up, um, polo player, prominent polo player, you know, the type of guy who launched polo clubs, um, had a son who played polo. I played with and against this kid. And uh, I remember when he took his own life with a drug overdose. And I remember how empty that kid's life was. And I remember seeing that and I was just like, it was like any sort of Foggy veil that was there regarding wealth, riches, and all that stuff. Yeah, it pretty much got disintegrated there. And I saw, oh my gosh. And I saw these people at parties, and I saw them get drunk. I saw their families. I saw the way they treated their wives. I saw the affairs. I saw the stuff, and it's like, oh, God. Tell you what, I grew up in the church 
My mom was a believer. She took us to church. I grew up in Pentecostal church. My dad was not a believer. He had this polo world. And so I grew up with my foot in these two worlds. And one thing I give thanks for, I, I got to see it for, for reality at a very young age. And I had to choose. A lot of church kids go through it and they don't see that. And they feel like later on they have to go try it out. Yeah, I never had that feeling because I saw it front row. So many things promise that they're going to give life. And they don't. It's a lie. It's a big facade. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called A Church for Real Life, which, by the way, is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org, where you can even see the video podcast of this message and series. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, A Church for Real Life. This is Radio for Real Life. Paul goes on. He says, but now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, it's a matter of life and death. This isn't a game. First and foremost, we are a community finding life, living life, and sharing life together. That's what we do. Help people find the life they were created for. Help people live in the presence and the joy and the plan of God that it always leads to abundant life. That's what we do. That's our business. Because a church for real life is all about Jesus. We help people connect with Jesus. Second, a church for real life is a place to be real. Talked about life, but a church for real life is a place to be real. It's a place to stop pretending. And there's a great irony in that statement. And that is that in many circles, many people think of church as the ultimate place where you go to be fake and to pretend and to be pretentious. That is tragic. Jesus was extremely hard on artificial righteousness, artificial faith. Matthew 6, 5, he told his followers, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at street corners that they can be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. It used to crack me up people who didn't know Jesus at all, but at least in a day and age in America when it was good for business to be in church membership, they'd have, they'd have little Christian pins that they'd wear or they'd be a member at the local church to, for business connections. Jesus is like, yeah, that's messed up. Because fundamentally, it's this facade of hypocrisy. And it is tragic that so many people in their past experience, and a lot of us have church or stranger than 
fiction stories, right? A lot of people found church to be a place where it was anything but real and authentic. In Matthew 23, 27, 28, Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within they are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. See, it's about what's in the heart. It's about what God's doing deep within the spirit. It's not about what's happening on the outside. And I will say, sometimes we church people play into that deal. And we've all probably been guilty of it. We're in the car screaming, and our kids fighting with the wife, and get out of the car at church, and they'll, hi, brother, how are you? <laughs> oh, we're just doing good. Jesus just gets better and better, gooder and gooder. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my gosh! <laughs> and see, we get real southern, because it's really sweet. <laughs> that is exactly the wrong thing, because that insulates us from the actual solution. That insulates us from the healing. You see, legalism, which is one of those things that churches are known for, it is death. That's why a church for real life doesn't tolerate legalism. What legalism is, is is fake rules that we make so that we can kind of keep a separate score and we can be better than other people. That's what legalism is at its heart. It's where we make up rules, okay? I don't want to actually deal with Jesus' real kind of call and his righteousness. You know, humility, relationship with him, serving the poor, making my life about something bigger, trusting him with my life, the hard issues, I don't want to deal with those. Justice, love, forgiveness, grace. But boy, I can sure make up these few rules here, and I can keep them pretty well. Church for real life does not tolerate legalism. That doesn't mean there's no, there's no righteousness that we pursue. No, we pursue the righteousness of God worked in us through the Spirit of God. That's what we pursue. And it is a righteousness far more beautiful, far more lasting, far more influential than anything legalism could ever produce. No pretending. No show. See, for faith to be effective, it has to be real. It has to be authentic. It has to be honest. And the minute we try to pretend that we're perfect people, we've blown it. We've lost it. See, we know that that's just not true. This is a place full of sinners who are saved by grace. This is a place full of people who are all here on a ticket bought by someone else, Jesus Christ. That's it. Everybody in the room, sinners, and they put the worst sinners on a platform. That's the worst part. Well, how weird is that? You got it. Some of you took a little minute. Now, there's no perfect people. This is just who we are. And it's in that place where we begin to have a high view of God. We take him real seriously, but we don't take ourselves so seriously. That's a powerful atmosphere for growth. We have this little thing we call the River City Blow-Up. We began to affectionately call it. And it was something that would happen to people who'd been in church maybe for, for years, but... They felt they had to pretend, and so there was the facade, and there was the whitewash kind of thing. And they come, they hang around for a while, they realize, yeah, we're not pretending much here, we're not going to do that, we're not going to put people on pedestals, we're not pretending to be perfect, we're not going to do any of that stuff. So they find out over time, and it's often six months into people being here. They get in a group, they make some friends, and they realize it's safe to be themselves. And that thing that has been killing their family, they pull it out. And it can be ugly. It can feel like a blow-up. 
I've had small groups have to, just, oh my gosh, just, they just dump this out in the room. And, uh. and so, but it's the first time in their Christian life they've been in a community where they felt safe to be themselves and say, we're not perfect. Our marriage is a train wreck. My life is a train wreck. I have an addiction. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling. And, and they bring this stuff out. And God begins the healing work. Because that's the beginning of the healing work. Honestly saying, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need help. And it's so powerful when you can do that in the context of a community. A church for real life is all about Jesus. And it's a place to be real. Last thing. A church for real life is a place to reclaim the church. A place to reclaim the church. We've talked about this before, but... I think it's worth noting. It is sad how many people think of the church as irrelevant. And, and, you know, if unbelievers think of the church as irrelevant, I get it. That's cool. I don't, you know, I don't expect them to think differently. But I have to tell you, one of the scary things is more and more Christians, people who profess to be followers of Christ, saying we don't need the church. We don't need the church. I'm just telling you, they're wrong. They're dead wrong. Now, if to them the church means a bunch of people who fake and kind of dress up and kind of fool, try to fool each other and then go and have nothing to do with God all week long, well, yeah, we don't need that. Right, we get it. Of course we don't need that. But to say we don't need the church, see, a church for real life is a place for us to reclaim the idea of the church. The church is a local expression of the eternal church. Matthew 16, verse 18, Jesus said, talking to Peter, remember Peter's confession? You are the Christ, son of the living God. And he says, I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, this rock of that confession, this truth that you brought out, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Does that sound like something Jesus was kind of considering irrelevant? I will give you the church The keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's powerful. See, the church is God's solution. Jesus' church is his vehicle, his family. It's his illustration. You know, we talk, we share a scripture, God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. Well, for a lot of people who don't have a relationship with God, this idea of God loving them, what does that mean? Like Mother Nature, is that what, what is that? What does that look like? The church is the living illustration of the love of God. That's what we're supposed to be. We are His response to the need of the world. The church is His army, carrying His mission into our communities, carrying His love, not just individually, but together. Do you know how powerful it is? That's why those words, come and see, are so powerful as we invite people to come to see what's happening. They might not be ready to fall on their knees and receive Jesus, but you invite them into the community and say, come and see what Jesus is doing. Because Jesus said, we're too or more of you gather in my name, I will be there. I will show up. It's the most incredible thing. The church is God's holy and eternal plan to display his grace and love to the world around us in a way they can understand. That's what he did with Jesus. Jesus coming and showing us what it looked like. Well, after Jesus left, he left his spirit where? In the church, in us. We are his living illustration of his plan to redeem every man, woman, and child on the face of the planet. A church for real life is a place to reclaim our identity as the church. It's real. It's powerful. Because a church for real life is all about 
Jesus. I am so grateful for that promise that where we gather as the church, he shows up. Where two or more gather in my name, I'm there. You realize that changes everything? I can't tell you how many people, they come to this place and, and they are blown away and stunned by this church. And I'm talking, they haven't gone to service yet, okay? They haven't been in this room yet. But they're like, people actually love and like each other. It's weird that that's impressive. That's a fairly low bar, I would think. But yet, that's not what I, the feedback I get from people. It's like, yeah, we've been to a lot of churches. It doesn't feel like that. People here like each other. They love each other. And do you know why that's so powerful? Because they're hungry for that. They're hungry for a community to love and be loved. The presence of Jesus in his body, loving one another, loving the community, taking, being his hands and feet in the world around us. It is powerful. That is the church. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called A Church for Real Life, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series, A Church for Real Life at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.